0: This is a podcast by the Business Times. Welcome to Podcast by the Business Times. I'm your host, correspondent Howie Lim. Now, some analysts are saying that a normal supply chain is unlikely for 2022, that supply chain disruptions are at its worst in 50 years, and the hardest hit tend to be smaller businesses who don't have the deeper pockets of their larger counterparts to survive. Given current inventory and planning systems work on demand forecasting and fixed lead times, perhaps technology can provide some reprieve to poor decision making and bad planning. For more insights into how SMEs can navigate the challenging supply chain disruption, we're speaking to Christopher Ong, Managing Director of DHL Express Singapore. This episode is brought to you by DHL. Christopher, thanks for your time.
1: Howie, thank you for the invitation.
0: So, briefly tell us what the reasons are for the current supply chain disruptions and how much worse could it get?
1: Prior to the pandemic, about 50% of the world's air cargo flew on passenger aircraft. So, when the pandemic caused borders to close, air cargo capacity plunged because passenger planes stopped flying. This resulted in congestion and bottlenecks as there was insufficient freighter capacity to meet demand. Then, on the ocean front, The challenges were mainly due to COVID infections and lockdowns, which were triggered by a shortage of manpower at ports. Beyond the transportation delays, there are also challenges at the manufacturing front due to rolling lockdowns across various countries, in particular China, which is essentially the factory for the world. So this has resulted in factories being unable to operate due to manpower shortages. When you combine all these three things, that's why we see the supply chain disruptions that are happening right now around the world. How much worse could it get? Personally, I do believe we're past the worst, especially since China is gradually reopening. The leadership in China recognize how much of an impact on their economy such lockdowns have. So they are opening up and allowing factories to get back into operations and the ports and so on. At the same time, COVID seems to be becoming endemic in the US as well as in Europe. So the spectre of lockdowns diminish and passenger flights seem to be starting to get restored as borders reopen. The disruptions in supply chains are probably the peak of it has passed and that we should see supply chains work themselves out hopefully in the next 12 to 18 months.
0: What though are the challenges in this regard which are unique to SMEs, Christopher?
1: A lot of the challenges faced by businesses today are common, whether they are large MNCs or medium-sized organizations or SMEs. But the SMEs may feel the disruptions more keenly as they lack certain resources compared to larger organizations. Supply chain disruptions lead to production delays, therefore order fulfillment. This then impacts cash flow, which is oftentimes quite tight for SMEs. Now you layer on that labor shortages and rising costs due to inflation and our SME customers are quite tightly squeezed. In fact, some of these customers have actually shared with me that even if they have an order on hand and there's demand for their products... They are cautious on accepting some of them due to the shortage of cash flow or even manpower. So they're afraid that they won't be able to fulfill some of these orders. So it is a catch-22 for some of them where they want to grow their business, but they may lack the resources to do so at this point.
0: Mm, You mentioned the pandemic, but current geopolitical tensions certainly don't help matters as well. What were some of the key takeaways for SMEs from the pandemic? Did they learn their lesson, so to speak?
1: You know, many SMEs and companies in general have learned the importance of resilience and well as innovation and digitalization. In every crisis, there is always opportunity. I mean, as cliched as it sounds, what we've seen over the 12, 18, 24 months, many companies have managed to pivot, managed to find ways to do things slightly differently, and in fact, created new markets for themselves. And businesses need to be prepared for the next disruption, be it a pandemic, natural disaster, or supply chain disruptions. The fact is, companies need to begin with small steps. You don't want to swallow the whole elephant in one shot, but to start with small steps that can allow them to gain confidence to pivot or transform. Small things like automating their processes to improve productivity and minimize human error, to take away the need for a lot of repetitive manual interventions. Use, for example, online platforms to market products, whether it's to B2B or B2C customers. We've seen now a lot more customers accepting and making digital payments especially during the pandemic where people were locked up at home and businesses need to continue, they had no choice. So they actually started moving in that direction. We've seen a lot more customers shift in that direction in order to keep their business flowing. And they've now completely moved away from paper-based payments like checks. Then in terms of resilience, more customers are diversifying their sources of supplies rather than depend on only single sources of supply. In the past, just in time, manufacturing was all the vogue because It promised less working capital, more efficiency. However, during the pandemic, when the supply chain was clogged up, that caused huge disruptions in their ability to fulfill their orders. So companies are now starting to look for alternatives. And finally, work with suppliers that can continue to operate even in the worst of disruptions. Some of what we've experienced is that companies who could not have access to capacity to uplift their items struggle, even though they had orders waiting for them. And so being the big yellow machine where we were able to continue to operate even in the worst of the pandemic, it allowed us to support our customers during that crisis because we have our own flight capacity. People came to realize that it's important important to be able to work with partners who can continue and also be resilient in the midst of a crisis.
0: Pivoting, creating new markets for themselves, collaboration. What are some of the other things SMEs can do? Because not all of them have fleets like yourself. Two things that we have
1: learned, specifically at DHL, that has really allowed us to thrive during this pandemic is, one, really being close to the customer. We spend a lot of time and effort listening to our customers to understand their needs, their demands, and to understand how we can provide the services that they really need, become their provider of choice we have been able to implement technological innovations that are relevant and sensible for our customers, our employees and operations. The other thing I would advise, drive employee engagement beyond the hard stuff, which is pivoting, looking for new ways of doing business. We benefited from the fact that our employee engagement levels are one of the highest it has ever been. And because we took care of our employees, they in turn took care of our customers. During the pandemic, our colleagues, our couriers, our operations staff, they all trusted us to take care of them. I would really advocate that as organizations, big or small, if we take care of our people, they will take care of the business for us.
0: Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Christopher Ong. Managing Director, DHL Express Singapore. This episode is brought to you by DHL. What about tips that you might have for SMEs to get started or for those who've already, say, begun building their resilient and diversified supply chain?
1: Always begin with the end in mind. Understand why, then you will figure out the how staying clear with your end objective in mind really helps to streamline and maintain that focus on what needs to stay and what needs to go.
0: Give us an example, Chris, because I would imagine the why would be, I want to survive.
1: Yeah. Okay. So for example, you're right. During a pandemic, companies would say, I want to digitalize. And the question is why? Why do you want to digitalize? So one, you want customers to be able to connect with us more efficiently more effectively. But the fact is we have insufficient resources. With more and more demand coming in, we aren't able to scale up the number of people required to support the demands in the market. How do we serve our customers better? Okay, let's look for alternative ways for customers to reach us. And so we came up with, you know, the Digibot live web chats and making sure that we understand the questions that the customers were asking us to feed the bot so that customers can do more self-serve. Don't
0: be too prideful. Ask for help, right?
1: Yes, of course. We recognize that we don't know everything. We look out for best demonstrated practices that are out there within the DHL network, but also learn from companies who leverage on big data, on analytics. We go out there and ask for help. Many of the government agencies here in Singapore are willing to support SMEs to get online, to help them establish their web presence, get payments, et cetera, et cetera. And that just requires the companies to be willing to pivot, to
0: explore. What do you think, though, Chris, are some of the concerns SMEs might have with regard to some of these solutions you mentioned?
1: We have seen examples of SMEs being able to attract young talent because they are prepared to give them a slightly freer hand in doing certain things. I recently heard of a fishmonger, which is uh, basically a food distributor. The owners wanted to pass it down to the next generation. The next generation had no interest. However, during the pandemic, they had to pivot. People couldn't come down and purchase their fresh seafood. So they started to take orders via WhatsApp. And all of a sudden, the business started to grow. The next generation had no interest in the past to take over the traditional business. But because now they were pivoting to digital and they've now gone beyond WhatsApp, they are going on Facebook Live, sometimes I think doing live fish auctions. This becomes really interesting for the younger generation because while it is still a traditional business of selling seafood, the platform by which it's being executed is completely different. Perhaps the young would prefer to work for a more established organisation. We have also seen many who are interested to become a little more entrepreneurial. So being able to work for a smaller company, but perhaps in a digital arena, could potentially be attractive to the younger workforce.
0: Chris, what about the perennial SME concern, not enough resources?
1: It depends on what types of resources. If it's knowledge in terms of how to do some things differently to go digital, there are resources from Enterprise Singapore, Infocom Development Authority, and other agencies that are prepared to support the transformation or the digitalization of some of our smaller companies. If it's really about capital The Singapore government has put out many of these loan schemes that allow the SMEs to tap on them in order to get the cash flows to be able to try something a bit different. In the end, SMEs need to consider economies of scale where they combine with other like-minded SMEs to build scale for their business. Because SMEs that want to grow need to get that economies of scale that will allow them to address new markets, find new customers.
0: Chris, we have to talk about something that's really come to the fore, the importance of businesses incorporating sustainability initiatives in their supply chains.
1: Climate change is real. We in Singapore can really feel the rising temperatures. I've had friends in Europe telling me some of their roads start to buckle. Whether it's rising sea levels or heat waves, people need to accept that climate change is an existential threat So change really needs to happen now, and it has to start with us. The impact of climate change is now keenly felt by consumers. More and more consumers have become more discerning on the products they purchase. So companies need to incorporate sustainability and decarbonization in order to future-proof their business. Without participating in this decarbonizing, companies actually risk that they don't have a market going forward. For us, as a leader of Express Logistics, we believe that we have a responsibility to guide and influence the industry to reduce the carbon footprint across the logistics chain. To get there, a roadmap to sustainability that keeps our eyes On three commitments. One, environmental protection. Two, also social responsibility and good governance. So ensuring that businesses take care of the environment, our people, and take care that our investors see us as a sustainable business. And we've come up with our mission 2050 to be a net zero company by the year 2050.
0: Chris, how can SMEs, though, go about adopting sustainability initiatives effectively? I mean, it's one thing to say you're going green, it's another to actually go green.
1: A lot of companies have the perception that sustainability means higher costs. More than a decade ago, in 2008-2009, I was actually responsible for the Go Green Climate Change Programme for DHL Express for the region. That was during the financial crisis. How are you going to convince anyone to invest in green when the world is falling apart, when we don't even know whether we're still going to have a business tomorrow? But because we did something really well, which was accounting for our carbon footprint. We had a very good process, which was audited and which was endorsed by third parties to say, you know, it's a fantastic way of capturing the carbon footprint. So when we were able to do that effectively, we actually could show that carbon efficiency is equivalent to cost efficiency. And we started doing small things like changing all our light bulbs. Given the cost of electricity nowadays and the drop in the cost of LED lighting, it actually makes perfect sense. After some small wins, companies then have the confidence to then look at ecosystem level. Okay, how can we really be part of this whole eco-chain, whether it's being certified for green building or to look out for green loans, to train the people in the organization so as to change mindsets. So for us, due to our scale and with the Mission 2050 in mind, we are able to get 110,000 DHL certified international specialists to each look at the areas where they are able to contribute to reducing their carbon footprint and combat climate change.
0: Chris, thank you so much for your insights today. Thank you for the opportunity. Christopher Ong, Managing Director, DHL Express Singapore. This episode is brought to you by DHL. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.